You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here on today's show. As we head into the weekend, there is a lot to discuss with Tennessee football and basketball. The Tennessee men's basketball team will open up SEC play on Saturday against Georgia. So I'll talk a little bit about that game coming up in the second segment of the show. We'll start with football. Second segment, Grant Ramey of GoVols247.com will stop by. He covers Tennessee's basketball team, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on the start to the season, what Tennessee has done so well as it heads into SEC play, and maybe where Tennessee needs to improve with still a good amount of the season remaining. Uh, So that's coming up in segment number two. I'll start out the show with a quick update on the offensive coordinator search for Tennessee. Yes, it is still ongoing. And Athlon Sports has its way too early top 25 for the 2019 season. How many top 25 teams will be on Tennessee's schedule? I'll tell you that here in segment number one. And in the final segment, Some notes to wrap up on within the matchup between Tennessee and Georgia. That's a 3.30 tip-off on Saturday at Thompson Bowling Arena. And a couple of recruiting notes for you. It's a busy show. It's Locked on Vols, your team every day. Every day covering what's going on with Tennessee Athletics. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, the third-party apps. Pretty much anywhere you get podcasts, you can find Locked on Vols. So Tennessee's offensive coordinator search... Is still going on. At this point, we are at day number 40. It has been a long time since Tyson Helton decided on November 26th to leave to become Western Kentucky's head coach. Today's show is January 4th, so a good amount of time has passed. There is not any great update to the search in, in terms of big movement. Patrick Brown of GoVols247 did have a report on Thursday that Jeremy Pruitt has spoken with Matt Canada who has been the offensive coordinator and interim head coach at Maryland. And of course, Maryland has hired Mike Loxley to become the new head coach. Mike Loxley, currently the offensive coordinator at Alabama, but Matt Canada has bounced around to a number of different spots. It's actually difficult to find him with a long tenure really anywhere in his coaching career, but Canada is very well thought of as an offensive coach. Things didn't go well for him at LSU in 2017. I think that was a case of Canada and head coach Ed Orgeron not really meshing because Canada is a a very well thought of and I think a good coach on the offensive side. There was some thought, could he get the head coaching gig at Maryland? Uh, Maryland decided to go with a former interim coach and Mike Loxley instead of their current one, Matt Canada. But also, according to Patrick Brown, At this point, there has only been the interview between Jeremy Pruitt and Matt Canada. No offer to Canada to become the offensive coordinator. So where does that leave Tennessee? Well, perhaps with Jeremy Pruitt still wanting to talk to other coaches. Perhaps Jeremy Pruitt wanting to talk to Steve Sarkeesian. And of course, with Sarkeesian, there remains the question, what kind of opportunities might he have in the NFL after being let go by the Atlanta Falcons earlier in the week? So you have Matt Canada's name at least being connected to the Tennessee job. There will continue to be speculation around Steve Sarkeesian. Jim Chaney's name continues to at least be talked about as he's the offense coordinator at Georgia. 
And I guess the question there would be, why would he end up leaving Georgia if that were a possibility? And why would Georgia want him to go? There's the question about his contract. Will that be re-upped? But with Jim Chaney, he's been an offense coordinator at Tennessee under Lane Kiffin and Derek Dooley. There is an obvious connection between Tennessee and Jim Chaney. But at Georgia, the Bulldogs are competing for championships. Tennessee is trying to get to that point. But so far, Jim Chaney's name continues to be tossed around out there. So I figured I'd toss it out here in segment number one of the show. Other names I'm sure will emerge here probably pretty soon. I'd say this is a big focus for Jeremy Pruitt as next Friday will lift the dead period. And right now, while there is less time being spent on recruiting, I would think Jeremy Pruitt would like to get the offensive coordinator search wrapped up and have that done before they head into the final few weeks of recruiting. That will be the main focus for Tennessee's coaching staff as before the early signing period, Jeremy Pruitt didn't want to spend too much time on the search. It didn't appear. He wanted to focus on recruiting. And I'd say a week from now, Jeremy Pruitt will want to return his focus, his main focus, to the recruiting trail. So there's your update. Matt Canada, pay attention there. Uh, Jeff Levy's name pops up again. The quarterback's coach at Central Florida who was linked to the job several weeks ago. And that's something. Does Jeremy Pruitt kind of circle back around with this coaching search. Again, there will probably be more names that emerge here as possibilities, and that should be expected before Jeremy Pruitt finalizes this search. But we now hit the 40-day mark in Tennessee's pursuit of Tyson Helton's replacement as Tennessee's offense coordinator. Before we know it, the 2019 season will be here, and a lot of these lists will pop up. I saw Athlon Sports on Thursday release its way-too-early top 25 for 2019 And keep in mind, this is being put out there before all players have made their decisions of whether they're going to go to the NFL or not. We don't even know what the entire 2019 class will look like in terms of where players are headed. And the transfer market is still to be determined. The coaching market, actually, is still to be determined as well. But I wanted to take a look at the top 25 and see how many of those teams Tennessee will play in 2019. Of course, at the top, you're not going to be surprised to find out that Alabama is number one. Here's the top five from Athlon Sports projecting toward next season. Number one is Alabama. Number two is Clemson. Georgia is third. Oklahoma's fourth. Ohio State with new head coach Ryan Day is number five. So two of the top three teams are on Tennessee's schedule, Alabama and Georgia. That's how it was going into this 2018 season for Tennessee. Alabama and Georgia right up there inside the top five. Florida is number seven, according to Athlon Sports. And when they write about the Gators, Athlon points out that Florida had a big offensive jump in 2018 thanks to the arrival of Dan Mullen. And while he was not pretty the entire time, Felipe Franks did improve as a quarterback. And remember, he just finished his redshirt sophomore season. He's in the same class as Jarrett Garantano. This past season, Felipe Franks threw 24 touchdown passes and only six interceptions. Franks also added 350 yards and seven scores on the ground. So he was much improved. If he continues to progress, Franks could be a really good quarterback. He also will likely be challenged by Emory Jones, who played some this past season as a freshman. Jones is a very talented player. Florida's offensive backfield should be really good, and the players at wide receiver returning 
will be really good. There are some players to replace up front on the offensive line and in the front seven on defense. So Florida will have to replace some key players from this past year's team. But the Gators had a strong finish to the 2018 season, 10 wins after beating Michigan, beating up on Michigan in the bowl game. And Florida's going to get a lot of attention heading into this season. And remember, Tennessee has to go to Gainesville in September to take on Florida. The only other team in the top 25 that's on Tennessee's schedule is Missouri. And there's another road game for Tennessee. Missouri is number 20. While Drew Locke is gone, Kelly Bryant is now there. The Clemson transfer is expected to be Missouri's starting quarterback. And that's a lot of experience, having played a lot and won an ACC championship in 2017 as Clemson starter will now take over the Missouri offense. They'll have some talented players back in the backfield and an offensive line will be back that probably will be pretty good. There are some key players to replace, like receiver Emmanuel Hall, and the defense has to replace tackle Terry Beckner and linebacker Therese Hall. But still, Missouri could be a pretty good team and will have a good chance to be a preseason top 25 team. Right now, Athlon projects Missouri as the number 20 team in the country. Also, with the way too early top 25 from Athlon, they list 15 other teams to watch in 2019, and for several different reasons. But one of the teams listed is Tennessee. Here's what Athlon wrote about Tennessee looking toward next season. The Volunteers just missed a trip to a bowl game in Coach Jeremy Pruitt's first year, and there are plenty of signs this program is headed in the right direction. How much improvement can this team make in 2019? With quarterback Jarek Narantano returning and a standout recruiting class on the way, Tennessee should at least go bowling next fall. And going 6-6, six and six, maybe even 7-5, and five, that may not sound too exciting right now. That would be an improvement from the last couple of seasons. And Tennessee's schedule does lighten up from where it was this past season. That could help Tennessee make a jump as well. So Tennessee, among the teams to watch in 2019 by Athlon, Mississippi State is on that list as well, and I mentioned Mississippi State because the Bulldogs will be coming to Knoxville to play Tennessee this upcoming season. Check out that way-too-early top 25 at athlonsports.com. You're listening to Locked on Vols, your team every day. Coming up in just a moment, Grant Ramey of GoVols247.com will stop by, and we'll talk about Tennessee's basketball season so far, what he's liked about the 11-1 start for the Vols, and what questions he has about Tennessee heading into SEC play. That's coming up on Locked On Vols, your team every day. And I want to tell you about Sling TV. Sling TV is a great way to be able to stream. And with Sling, you can watch on your favorite viewing devices, your flat screen TV, a tablet, your laptop, whatever the case might be. Sling TV makes it very easy for you. And you don't deal with useless channels with Sling TV. You watch the channels you want to watch. You want to watch college football, college basketball taking over right now. Well, you can get ESPN, the SEC, the Pac-12, and more for only $30 a month with Sling TV. And you can get a seven-day free trial to try it out for yourself. See what you think. All you have to do, this is for Locked On listeners, go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Try it out for yourself. Take advantage of the seven-day free trial and see what you think. Go to sling.com slash locked on march madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast every monday andy Patton and isaac shade recap the 
the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I want to welcome to the show now Grant Ramey of GoVols247.com. You can follow Grant on Twitter at Grant Ramey. He covers Tennessee's basketball team every day. Grant, I appreciate the time. Tennessee's 11-1 heading into the game against George on Saturday. So as SEC play opens up, what impresses you the most about the way Tennessee's basketball team has played so far this season? Uh, This offense uh, is the first thing that jumps out. Uh, I mean, when you look at this team last year, uh, I think their identity was uh, playing really tough defensively, uh, giving a ton of effort uh, defensively and kind of hanging their hat on that end of the floor. They had good chemistry. Uh, as a team, they they worked together well. Obviously, that helped them. Uh, but when you looked at that team, the first thing that popped out was this team's going to battle you for 40 minutes on the defensive end. Uh, this season, obviously, they return 11 scholarship players out of 13. It, it feels like it's basically the same team, uh, but it's got a completely new identity. They're the leading scoring, uh, high scoring team in the SEC. They have the two leading scorers, Admiral Schofield and Grant Williams. Uh, they have, if they're not first in assists in the nation, they're maybe second. Uh, they, I think they've had more than 20 assists a game, uh, nine times through 12 games, which is uh, pretty absurd. Uh, and just the way they share the basketball, the way how many different guys can score and how many guys have diff- uh, have proven they can score night in and night out. They don't have to rely on the same people all the time. Uh, they can beat you in different ways. Uh, it is a it is an offense right now that is that is that is functioning at a really high clip, and that's that's the thing that points uh, stands out because it just seems like a different team, uh, even though these are the same faces. Well, that has to be a carryover effect, wouldn't you say, from last year's team in their ability to grow and improve on the offensive end? When you talk about those assist numbers, the there was natural chemistry among the team, among the teammates. Well, that that's probably been a part of their growth on the court, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, I think for sure. Uh, this team is, uh, they've kind of grown up together uh, the last three years. It's been a lot of these same guys uh, on the floor together, logging a lot of minutes. Uh, and you go back to the summer, uh, they didn't play in the Rocky Top League for the first time, I guess, since it's existed the last decade or so, uh, which that kind of got to uh, turn some heads and uh, with some people in the community that, that really didn't like that. But when they said, you know, when they explained why, they said they wanted to be in Pratt Pavilion you know, playing together, getting more chemistry, becoming uh, even more uh, comfortable together, getting tighter uh, as a unit, as a team. Uh, and, and with these guys, the way they work on their individual improvement, uh, they've always talked about how hard it is uh, to get a rim at Pratt uh, because guys are in there working all the time uh, in terms of the off season. I think you're seeing that off season work uh, and that stuff they wanted to do uh, over the summer together uh, paying off because the way they've started, uh, it, it shows what's what's kind of been going on in this program for the last, I guess, year now. So on the flip side, Grant, Grant Ramey with GoVols247.com, what's the biggest question mark you have about Tennessee's basketball team entering SEC play? I, I think defensively. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they're as good of a defensive basketball team uh, as they were a year ago for whatever reason. I think a lot of that goes to uh, the guard position and how they want to pressure at the guard position for 40 minutes a night. Uh, that goes to Lamonte Turner not being available and being short of guard. Uh, obviously, James Daniel graduated. He was a fifth-year senior last year. Chris Jarrington transferred. Uh, he was another option in the backcourt. Now you have Jordan Bowden and you have Jordan Bone, 
uh, and that's it really for your guards. You have wings in Jalen Johnson, Eve Pons, Admiral Schofield, those guys. Uh, but in terms of your on-ball uh, defender, your ball handler, uh, it's Bone and Bowden. And, and then you're playing Lucas Campbell maybe a couple possessions just to kind of extend, uh, give some guys a break. So that, that's the biggest question. Can they be better defensively? Uh, and when does Lamonte Turner get back in the fold? Uh, and when, how soon can he help them? Uh, how soon can he be effective? And, and, and when he gets back, does that change them defensively at all? Yeah, how important, Grant, do you think is projecting over the course of this season the availability and effectiveness of Lamonte Turner coming off the bench for Tennessee? Uh, I think it's huge because uh, not only, you know, I think he averaged 10.9 points in 25 minutes a game last year coming off the bench. Obviously, it was the, the co-six man of the year in the SEC, those are huge numbers. Uh, he hit huge shots on top of that. Uh, he hit the shot late to, to tie Purdue and get that to overtime when they're down the Bahamas. That was the first real big win of the season. Uh, he obviously hit that huge shot in Rupp Arena to beat Kentucky. Uh, he's not only a guy that sparks you off the bench uh, and, and gives you that production right away, but he's a guy that in the clutch moments, in the big moments, he's not afraid to shoot the ball. Uh, and he's, he's, he's obviously proven that he can make those shots. Uh, in that moment, I think when you look at this offense and, and how well it's clicking right now, I think it's natural to wonder if he gets back in there, does that disrupt things at all? Uh, but you've got to get him back because I don't think you can run a 31-game season with really just two ball handlers when you want to do the things that guard uh, defensively pressuring that they want to do. So you got to get him back. I think it's pivotal. you got to get him back. In. You'll need him in the stretch run. Uh, because you got too many guys right now that are just playing too many minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a long run through the SEC schedule, and it's a lot tougher than what Tennessee's faced through non-conference play. Tennessee fa- played tough games, like against Gonzaga and Kansas, but the, the game-in, game-out aspect of the SEC is a lot tougher than it was just probably two or three years ago. Right, right. Well, I mean, look at Saturday, you have Georgia uh, coming to Thompson Bowling Arena. Obviously, that's a, I think they've won five out of six, five out of their last six against Tennessee. They gave them fifth. Uh, last year, even though this is a new head coach, Tom Crean, this is different personnel. That's a Georgia team that struggled early on with some uh, some lesser opponents, but it's still a, it's a team that gave Tennessee fits last year. And Tennessee was a really good basketball team, obviously, last year. They won 26 games. Uh, and are you looking to next week? You have to go to Missouri, I believe, Tuesday, and then you have to turn around and go to Florida on Saturday. Those are those are tough games. That's, that's not really what you face in the non-conference when you do – it's Gonzaga one week and maybe Memphis the next week or something like that. But this is this is the grind of the season where uh, if, if you don't bring it every night, especially when you're as highly uh, talked about as Tennessee, highly praised as Tennessee is, you're going to have that target on your back, uh, and it's going to make the SEC a lot tougher. Grant Ramey with uh, GoVols247.com. Two names you mentioned earlier. Uh, there's a tension on these guys, Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield. What have you thought covering this team the last couple of years, Grant, watching the development of Grant and Admiral to get to the point where they are right now? Uh, it's it's funny when you go back to think about uh, they played the Maui Invitational 2016, so that was Admiral's sophomore year. He actually got suspended out there. Uh, he played the first day against Oregon. Uh, I think they lost in overtime. He didn't dress out the next day. Uh, against Wisconsin, and that was basically a, a coach's decision. I don't know what – I don't think anybody's ever really known what happened uh, in that situation. Uh, and you look at Admiral now, and he couldn't be any more of a model kind of citizen in this basketball program. He is He's the alpha male in this program. He, he leads by example. He works his butt off. Uh, it's shown with how much he's produced. Uh, the guy's you know, scoring at an insane clip, shooting at an insane clip. Uh, he's just kind of doing a little bit of everything. Uh, and you look at Grant Williams, everybody questioned Grant as soon as he was signed at Tennessee, uh, an undersized forward. How can you be 6'6", 
and whatever and do what he does in the SEC. Uh, his footwork's always been impressive, the way he can move guys around with his moves in the post, the way he can clear out space, use his body to make space and, and get where he needs to get on the floor. And now he's got this high-release jump shot uh, in the paint. It, it looks like it's unstoppable. I mean, he's he's made it at such a high clip so far. Uh, that's really dangerous. And, and when you have a guy averaging 19 a game and a guy averaging 18 a game, uh, yeah, and you look at where they came from, especially Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield, it's, it's a credit to the uh, coaching staff developing these guys, and it's a credit to those guys for, for putting in the crazy hours that they've put in working. Yeah, it's a fun team for Tennessee fans to follow, and Grant Ramey does a great job covering it. You can follow him on Twitter, at Grant Ramey, and check out his work at GoVols247.com. A lot of stuff going on there with the coaching search and football recruiting as well. Grant, really appreciate the time. We'll talk here again soon. Happy New Year, Josh. Happy New Year to you as well, Grant. Grant Ramey, GoVols247.com. Thanks for being here on Locked on Vols. Coming up in just a moment, a couple of notes on the matchup between Tennessee and Georgia and a couple of recruiting notes to tell you about before I wrap things up here on today's show. And before that, I do want to remind you that you can send me a question or comment for the show anytime at Josh underscore Ward on Twitter as well as Facebook.com slash Josh Ward. I appreciate Uh, All the listeners who have sent questions in for the show, please do so anytime. I love as much interaction as we can get here on the show. Remember, it's available on Apple Podcasts. If you have time to rate and review the show, that can be a big help to Locked On Vols as well. It's available pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. So with Tennessee facing Georgia on Saturday, it's going to be a 3.30 tip-off at Thompson Bowling Arena. The game is one of several sellouts Tennessee has among the remaining games at Thompson Bowling Arena. This season, Georgia comes in with an eight and four record. And as Grant mentioned, this is a team that the Vols cannot overlook just because Tennessee has a much better record and is expected to beat Georgia on Saturday. Ken Palm has uh, Tennessee as a 15 point favorite going in 81 to 66 is the projected final score from KenPalm.com. But Georgia does some things well. If you look at where it is defensively, according to Ken Palm's ratings, Georgia is 16th in the nation in effective field goal percentage defense, 37th in three-point percentage defense, 17th in the nation in defending from two-point range, and 18th in the nation in block percentage. Now, one area where Georgia struggles, the Bulldogs on offense are 319th in the country in turnover percentage and 309th on defense in turnover percentage. So Georgia has struggled to force turnovers and has struggled with taking care of the basketball on the offensive side. So if Tennessee can force some turnovers, get out in transition, it'll have a chance to make some plays. And if it takes care of the basketball, gets back to another thing that Grant mentioned, Tennessee's ability to move the ball can really help it find some open shots. And that could really help the Vols be effective against Georgia on Saturday. So this is one that Tennessee should win. The Vols just can't go into the game expecting that it's going to have to win. Tennessee has to go in focused on beating Georgia, getting ready for the start of SEC play. Remember last year, Tennessee started 0-2 in the SEC with losses against Arkansas and Auburn. And then from there, Tennessee went 13-3 to split the SEC title with Auburn. A couple of football recruiting notes for you before I finish today's show. Yesterday was the Under Armour All-American game. Wanya Moore started at left guard for his football team. Uh, Darnell Wright was at it right tackle, by the way. Morris is a Tennessee signee. Darnell Wright is a player that 
is, I think, very likely to sign with Tennessee coming up in February. The U.S. Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio will take place Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock. So if you'd like, you can check out that All-American game before watching Tennessee at 3.30 against Georgia. The uh, basketball game, by the way, will be on the SEC Network. The Army All-American game tomorrow will be on NBC. There will be two Tennessee signees playing in the game, running back Eric Gray and linebacker Kuvaris Crouch. Watch to see what Jaden Hazelwood does. Oklahoma is the favorite to land Hazelwood. At one point, he was a Georgia commitment. Then Miami appeared to be in the mix. Oklahoma is the favorite going in. Tennessee's going to try to pull off the upset. Also from the Under Armour game on Thursday, wide receiver R.J. Henderson out of Texas committed to Florida, which was a bit of a surprise. I think Florida State had been considered the favorite there. He can still take visits in January, and Tennessee, I'm sure, will try to get him on campus. But now Tennessee will be trying to steal him away from rival Florida. That's a nice get for the Gators. They will have to fight to hold on to Henderson, though. He has previously committed to Oregon and Oklahoma. Now he's committed to Florida. So the U.S. Army All-American Bowl coming up tomorrow. Tennessee basketball as well. The men's team will play Georgia on Saturday. The Lady Vols will host Missouri on Sunday at 2 o'clock. That'll be at Thompson Bowling Arena as the Lady Vols opened up SEC play last night and beat Auburn 78-69. to So there's a lot going on with Tennessee athletics right now. And how can we forget that offensive coordinator search for Tennessee's football team? I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you for being here on Locked On Vols. Keep spreading the word. Tell friends and family and anybody out there that you think might be interested about the Daily Tennessee Podcast And I'll be back here on Monday. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.